0: You're listening to a press conference from the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health with Vish Visnawath, Director of the India Research Center, Lee Kum Kee, Professor of Health Communication in the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences, and Co-Director of the Lee Kum Sheng Center for Health and Happiness. This call was recorded at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, May 12th. Dr. Visnawath, do you have any opening remarks, anything you'd like us to know before we get started?
1: Sure. Um, Thank you, Nicole. and, And thanks to everyone. Uh, so, uh, I just want to make a couple of points. Um, obviously, the questions I uh, can come, come from anywhere. So, but from my perspective, as somebody who focuses on public health sciences and as a social scientist focusing on information and misinformation, um, the you know, so there is um, if, if, there is this incessant um, uh, coverage of India especially around images of funeral py- funeral pyres uh, and people gasping for breath outside hospitals uh, primarily from uh, New Delhi and uh, and uh, Mumbai but maybe in sometimes some other cities uh, um, uh, and, and and certainly I think um, uh, those of us who are several thousand miles away it is of considerable concern and distress uh, and, and we think a, a lot about, Uh, you know, what is happening there. Uh, And there is a lot of uh, speculation, you know, why this crisis now, as it usually happens, um, uh, you know, and and people are offering uh, different ideas or hypotheses, so to speak, uh, on these issues. Um, um, My, I want to make two points, especially uh, on this issue, I think. So one is we really lack data. On, on some of these issues. Um, uh, and so we, we have some data, uh, which you all have access to, uh, number of cases, uh, um, you know. Um, so now around uh, 340, 50,000 uh, lately, it, it went up to 400, a little beyond 400 a couple of days ago, number of deaths um, um, and, and, and recovery rates. Uh, but, um, beyond if you, if you if you go beyond that and, and some uh, data now on vaccination that's coming up, you know they have vaccinated about 170 million people so far uh, at least with one dose um, and, and and so we have some of those data. But we don't have a lot of public health data what I call you know, how many people are wearing masks, how many people are complying with the community mitigation measures, uh, that have been uh, select or kind of a differentially placed, um, um, and uh, uh, you know, and other kinds of behavioral data. So that's one issue. Second, uh, I, I also want to draw attention to not just on the clinical side. You know, so uh, so twenty more than twenty million people have been ill uh, with COVID nineteen, and that's that's definitely an issue. But in a country of 1.3 billion people, a lot of people are not sick. Uh, um, and, and our concern has been, you know, as we talk to people in India, in fact, this morning we had a, a webinar with journalists in India. What increasingly it has become clear to us uh, there is a tremendous amount of misinformation uh, around everything uh, to do with COVID-19. Particularly, what they are hearing from social media, especially WhatsApp, and how that is really impacting public health mitigation measures in terms of compliance with, with very elementary things uh, that we in the, in our country have taken for granted now. Now in after seventeen months, so uh, and 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 we are trying to figure out, you know, what are these uh, um, you know lacunae in data? Number one, number two how can we really aggressively promote working with Indian partners, these public health strategies and mitigation, uh, which is the only way because uh, obviously they can't just treat themselves out of the uh, disease. So uh, sort of a opening remarks, I wanted to make. It may be a different uh, 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 approach than other than you typically hear uh, when you are hearing about the COVID surge in India. So let me stop there.
0: Thank you, Dr. Viswanath.
2: Uh, First question. Uh, Hi Vish. Um, On the whole misinformation um, question, are you talking mainly about um, misinformation in India that is affecting how Indians um, approach this particular um, crisis? Or are you talking about media coverage Uh,
1: outside of India about what's going on in the country? Uh, Thanks for that clarification. Uh, So, uh, no, I I don't mean the journalistic coverage. Uh, In fact, uh, uh, I just was in a meeting before this. Journalistic coverage has been a saving grace in many ways in drawing attention to issues uh, that have not attracted enough attention. So now, what I meant is misinformation within India among the publics Different groups of people around COVID nineteen issues uh, that they are mostly getting exposed to, to in social media, uh, and and to some extent uh, that is uh, repeated and amplified in, in in the in the news media you know, so, within Indian news media. So. Uh, very good. And if I could just
2: follow up with a, a somewhat unrelated question. Um, there's been news lately about this, this uh, new variant that has uh, been identified. Um, do you think that that is part of the answer to why this surge now? Um, I'll just leave it at that.
1: Yeah, so that issue has come up even, even in the, you know, um, um, I should say I'm not a clinician, neither I am uh, working in, in, in genomic sequencing. Uh, in fact, um, that is a one explanation that is being widely offered uh, that this new double mutant, uh, which is increasing transmissibility is, is one, uh, actually, it's a serious hypothesis uh, that's being offered as, as a reason for, as one of the reasons for this. And, and a number of uh, Indian scientists and Indian institutes are working on, on that sequencing issue. As well as with the cooperation of WHO, and 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 we will know. I think you know with enough uh, uh, work uh, being done on it in the next few days, um, uh, we will have some kind of a data and confirmation on it. Uh, also, that the fact that it has been found in other places. So once you know the genetic signature, I guess you know we will be able to know that. But again, that's one speculation. Um, Uh, somewhat informed, uh, that's that's being offered as an explanation.
2: Um, I I had heard as sort of a, almost a case study of of one possible explanation of what's going on in the Seychelles, um, which is um, they have one of the world's highest vaccination rates, over 60%, if I'm not mistaken, and yet they're also experiencing this surge. Um, Do you have any insights on that as far as either uh, variants or misinformation, or really a- anything that that might shed light on it.
1: Um, I I can't speak on what's happening in Seychelles, you know, so I better not do that. And you know, I follow vaccination data, um, um, but I don't know enough about that country right now to say anything. Else. Sure. Uh, and if none of my colleagues have a question,
2: I'll I'll be greedy and ask one more, uh, following up on your earlier comments on misinformation. What what kinds of misinformation? Are we seeing in India that might be affecting people's
1: behavior? Right. Um, so I can I can give you a plethora of examples, but let me give you a couple. Right. So one of them is on 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 what kind of a folk remedies uh, can be used, um, in order to cure uh, or even ward off uh, COVID nineteen. Right. Uh, so um, you, you can choose an ingredient. Um, and, and people are, people are using uh, you know, uh, these ingredients. So it's black pepper or turmeric. I should be very careful in, in listing all of them yeah. because I don't want to amplify that. But, but there is an increasing um, reliance on, uh, I shouldn't say increasing reliance, but there is a reliance on these kinds of folk remedies that are frequently routinely uh, forwarded uh, on WhatsApp messages. Uh, And second, uh, another example uh, is um, uh, people think, oh, the other way to ward this off is uh, to boost one's immunity. So, what they're now doing is uh, (laughs) they're prescribing a lot of folk remedies to boost one's immunity. Uh, Some of them are interesting and all, you know, okay, meditation, yoga, that's all fine. Uh, which is actually good to do that, not for boosting one's immunity. Uh, But there is just a lot of stuff uh, that people are doing and are drinking whatever juice, whatever vegetables, eating, you know, these are the kind of things that uh, people are relying on to boost one's immunity and somehow that will keep them away. Uh, I can go on and on. I think a third one that I have seen is somehow um, somebody said, well, you know, um, you know, steam can help because it will improve your breathing and lung capacity. So, in in some places, they even have these steam bars. You know, if you think of a hookah bar, you know, where people are smoking hookah from, uh, you know, some common uh, urn uh, here. You know, you can imagine that there are. I have seen even uh, visuals on on people, you know, st- uh, inhaling steam because that will ward it off. So, there's a lot of that. Kind of speculation, uh, and there is a lot of speculation on, on, on the medicines. You know what medicines um, are are helpful, um, and uh, uh, you know, and that's the reason you see um, you know clinicians getting worried about because people are running helter skelter for um, 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 steroids and remdesivir and, and plasma, uh, even though we know that uh, these are all uh, have to be administered in very selective conditions. Um, again, I'm, I'm not a clinician, but I'm talking to so many of these clinicians, uh, in, my counterparts in India. So these are some examples, Al, of, of misinformation. Very good. Thank you. Uh,
0: uh, Dr. Vismanov, I have just a quick follow up on that. You were, you were asking, uh, talking about folk remedies. Are those being promoted instead of uh, well-known non-pharmaceutical interventions like wearing a mask and social distancing, or are they kind of being a supplement to the things that we do know help?
1: Right. So, so what happens is on social media, right? So um, you can't control messaging, and I think that people have that misimpression or wrong impression that somehow they will censor everything, right? And so there's, that's just just this flood and deluge of information on social media. And, and because people are scared and people are worried and people are trying to make sense of what is happening, uh, and they're, 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 you know, it's like an antenna. They're, they're surveilling their environment and families and friends and trying to make sense of it. And, and because of, um, uh, uh, um, um, you know, compared to misinformation, you know, the, the classic public health measures, are, are not being heard as much as they should. You know, the governments are not aggressively campaigning on the public health measures, uh, like Dr. Fauci and others have done here. Uh, and so, relatively speaking, there's more attention to uh, these kinds of misinformation, including folk remedies, compared to um, the pleas by public health people on on classical uh, and basic public health strategies.
0: Okay, so it sounds like it's. Uh, Drowning or even distracting from the helpful message.
1: It Um. it is, so that's why I said we don't have data from a survey data. I know I can go to Kaiser Family Foundation. I can, uh, our our own surveys in this country, I can go to Pew Internet to really how many people are wearing masks as opposed to how many people are not wearing masks. We just don't have the data, but from what we are seeing and increasing canvassing we are doing, um we are we are seeing that certainly there's much more attention to these things than the public health strategies great
0: thank you um next question hi thanks for doing this um i was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the u.s government and what what do you think uh we should be doing as a country to to help out or what we're not what we're not doing that we should be doing right
1: so there are there are two uh, ways to look at this um, you know so one is what can we do in the in the short term and what can we do in the uh, medium long term if you will right in the in the short term I, I think you know the um, you know there is this lot of discussion around uh, IP rights you know, you know loosening up uh, uh, you know trips and IP issues and 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 I think, uh, it's debatable how that works but uh, that is not going to increase the number of vaccinations overnight. Um, you know, I think what what they uh, need I think uh, in in the short term is certainly what US government is doing uh, in terms of uh, supplying emergency equipment and that's you know, all over the world number of countries are doing it and and um, and, and, and I think that supply will, uh, and that uh, help will, uh, will assist in the immediate terms so right now, given the situation is so dire, I think. Uh, where I, I, you know, um, I, there, are, there are two things that have been occurring to me. Um, and one is uh, the, for whatever reason, I don't hear a lot about the community mitigation measures and the public health measures in India right now. And I think this is where uh, providing that kind of a technical support uh, in, in providing that data collection, data surveillance uh, support would be extremely helpful uh, to the, uh, to, the uh, to Indians in general and Indian government. The second is, and this is very interesting, this is something I am um, um, trying to emphasize, not, not because I just discovered it. I, I've been thinking about it. There's already a tremendous, talent in India, right? You know, there's a big hospital chains, uh, a group of inst- a number of institutions uh, that are um, uh, working in this area and a number of NGOs. And I think working through the government, for the US government, it would be helpful to see uh, how we can provide that kind of a technical support uh, to, to do some of these things in a much more faster way. So earlier Al asked me about uh, mutations and mutants. I think you know, helping them uh, with the appropriate uh, reagents and testing and, and any technical, but people are doing it. I mean, people are, as I said, uh, there is capacity there. It's a question of how do we um, work with them to help them is very critical. Um, I, I think the working with what we are not doing enough is working with local groups and institutions uh, through the government and, and figuring out where exactly we can be helpful, not just rushing stuff in. Um, uh, I, I think the, uh, if, if we can, you know, figure out a way to really engage these critical stakeholders, um, um, uh, I think that, that will go a long way um, in, in, in helping them, you know, so. Right, and there
0: is enough respect uh, in India for, I mean, we haven't exactly done a fabulous job of keeping the uh, the virus at bay here. <laughs> Are they willing to listen to
1: us? Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, that's a great question. There's a tremendous goodwill, right, for us. Um, you know, whatever governments may say, you know, people uh, in general, people have a lot of goodwill. There are a lot of credible people in the U.S. Uh, the uh, you know, I, I keep invoking Dr. Fauci's name. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, um, uh, and I think uh, uh, certainly, you know, I want to be careful in the way I word it, right? It's a question of how we offer the help. Uh, Sometimes when we go and say, okay, we know better than you. uh, So you should do X, Y, and Z. I think you know people and governments could be very hypersensitive to that kind of a criticism. Uh, I am very sensitive. I grew up in India, but I don't want to uh, make blanket statements eight thousand miles away. Uh, but at the same time, if there is a way a participatory approach, uh, I I I I think, you know, from my conversations, there are some very specific things and questions they are asking, and if we start with those. Uh, I, I, I think, you know, we can develop that goodwill and, and go a long way in helping them because ultimately helping India is helping us, too, uh, because right. this is a global pandemic. You know.
0: Right. One, one more question about about the Serum Institute. Um, it seemed like a lot of hopes had been pinned on them, and now they don't seem to be quite living up to their promises. And just wondered if you could kind of summarize what you're
1: seeing going on there. Right, so it's a great question. I've been struggling, in fact, I've been scouring for the data on this, right? And, and I want to offer these data with some degree of caution um, uh, because this is what I'm reading. You know, um, uh, from what I'm hearing um, is that uh, uh, the, the uh, so far uh, about, uh, you know, 170 million, I think roughly, 170 million people, uh, or 170 million uh, uh, um, uh, people, have been given at least one dose, you know, mm-hmm. and and I think 30 million have been fully vaccinated. That's what I'm uh, reading from the data. So what happened, I think, is the the Serum Institute is obviously the largest, one of the largest producers in the world and they, uh, the government has bought some doses from them um, and, uh, um, and, and then they also are supplying to the rest of the world, but they have not, they, I, from what I understand, the, the sheer demand outstripped the capacity to produce, uh, which is not surprising. Remember what we were going through here uh, in January, even though we started in December, January through April, here, it's the same thing that is happening. So uh, I, I think Serum Institute is just not able to keep up uh, with the demand. Uh, uh, because originally, the idea was they will supply India some doses, but also supply the rest of the world. And now, given the extreme demand from the rest of the world and India, they are having uh, trouble uh, meeting the demand. And, and as you know, um, mm-hmm. The uh, what they have been saying, and again, this is what I'm reading: uh, um, um, the sheer um, um, challenges it takes to scale up production, particularly with the lack of supply of raw material, etc. You know, so.
0: Right. So it's nothing untoward or or irresponsible of them. Just the challenges of. of- doing a difficult task?
1: So, yeah, so I heard, um, because these data are not freely available, I heard that they, they are able to make in the country about 90 million doses, you know? And I'm trying to get confirmation for this, right? So if you think about it, 90 million doses uh, per month, I'm, I apologize, I'm sorry, 90 million doses per month. Um, and And I think that's roughly right now i understand uh, they are they are vaccinating about 2 million uh, people a day so you can do the math right you know it, it's just that uh, they won't be able to keep up with this uh, demand for a while um, they have been saying it you know it will take may june july even august to even uh, cover a, a small group of people when you have a billion people <laughs> uh, getting uh, two shots uh, into their arms and a 1.3 billion people even if you say you're vaccinating um you know seven or eight hundred million people the government was planning to vaccinate 300 million people you can just see if you do the math how long will that take at the rate they are going uh, you know we, we are comfortable now in our country now in may um you you can, you can just see and we are only 330 million people. You know, so. Right, thank you, appreciate
0: it. Thanks. Um, really quickly, you said that the uh, the Indian government was planning on vaccinating 300 million people. Was there a reason for just that number instead of a higher number?
1: Right, so the original idea was to vaccinate 300 million people, roughly uh, frontline health workers and people over uh, 45 years, I think, you know? Um, so basically focusing on high risk uh, people, um, and, and then now of course, uh, they are realizing that the risk is much wider than that, you know, given the spread now. That was the original estimate, the, the original plan they had, uh, before all this happened.
0: Okay. Great. Um, we have about three minutes left. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we go? I think that's the last question. Let me ask that real quick. Does anybody else have any questions before we wrap up the call? i think we're all set um yeah do you have any final thoughts before we go
1: yeah so one of the things we are doing and hopefully in the next week or two or week maybe given the crisis i will have a better idea we are also trying to get a lot of information on rural india going beyond new delhi and mumbai uh, to see what is happening there and and what some of these hospitals are doing i mean they are doing some very interesting work and some of the uh, and, and you know rural hospitals are very different you know 60 percent of the Indian population, 70% almost, live in rural India. So we are trying to get some information because we need to know much more what's happening there. And that's one area that's worth paying attention to as we go forward.
0: This concludes the May 12th press conference.